A lot can happen in three years, like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at UH1.com. This episode is sponsored by R.W. Knutson Organic Just Tart Cherry Juice, a welcome addition to anyone's sleep routine. Pace Case, if you know me, and you do, mm-hmm. you know that I'm yep. working all hours of the day, all hours of the night. Mm-hmm. So the sleep that I do get has to be very good sleep. And I'm always looking for ways to up my sleep routine. Sometimes I'll read a book to go to sleep. Sometimes mm-hmm. I'll- The Bachelor? Uh, that book keeps me very awake. It's very engaging. That never puts me to sleep. Mm. I will sometimes just put down my cell phone after a long day of looking at a screen. It's nice to get some time away from the screen. I also will incorporate some R.W. Knutson Organic Just Tart Cherry Juice. It truly makes you go to sleep a little easier. It's the thing you need to help you drift off into the dreamland. Mm. As more and more people are looking to prioritize sleep, organic Just Tart Cherry is having a moment thanks to Tart Cherry's potential sleep-related benefits and potential to aid in muscle recovery when you get those gains like clues. We're seeing this in the viral sleepy girl mocktail trend on social media. R.W. Knutson has a whole lineup of natural juices with zero added sugar, so you can feel good about adding them to your wellness routine. It's all about celebrating those daily wins. Organic Just Tart Cherry Juice is made from tart cherries, which may help you get a better night's sleep because they have natural melatonin. R.W. Knutson crushes only 100% real ingredients, so you can crush everything you do. Pick up a bottle at your local grocery store today. Clues. Underwear drawers. They're not organized. They're like the the Wild West, the final frontier of wardrobes. Mm. And there's no rhyme or reason to them. You got ones that are super old, uh, different brands, etc. You don't know what to expect. But now I have felt the buttery soft comfort of me undies. And now I want to replace the whole drawer with me undies because those are my now go-to. I'm currently wearing their long sleeve shirt and my, um, <laughs> which is not what this uh, ad is about, but I am also wearing the super soft, sustainable modal fabric thong with no roll black waistband. You want that. You don't want it to be rolling. You don't want it to be showing. And I'm hooked. I don't want to wear anything else. It's all got to go now. Well, this ad actually is kind of about that pace case. Everybody knows MeUndies <laughs> makes great underwear. It's in the name, MeUndies. But it's not just about underwear. You can explore the lounge collection featuring comfy joggers, hoodies, onesies, and a whole bunch more. And their Move Me activewear collection is the softest activewear on the market. There's no doubt about it. Right now, you can get 20% off your first order plus free shipping at MeUndies.com slash roses. That's MeUndies.com slash roses for 20% off plus free shipping. MeUndies, comfort from the outside in. It's the Game of Roses. Welcome to the Game of Roses. This is the Game of Roses. Welcome to the Game of Roses. 
sorry, Zeke. You did not receive tonight's token. Say your goodbyes and walk into the pit. Welcome to Game of Roses. This is Pace Case. This is Bachelor Clues, and it's Friday. So you know this episode is going to be this week in Bachelor Nation. We're going to tell you all those parasocial plays. We're going to tell you some screams from the pit. We're going to tell you about all those gains. We're going to tell you that Bachelor Nation news. We're going to tell you that state of the game, which at this point is kind of strange. Let's not beat around the bush here. Mm -hmm. It's a little weird what is going on in our beloved game, but we're going to get to that in our opening segment, of course. But before we get to any of that, we have a correction to issue. It's rare we issue a correction at Gore, but in Wednesday's game breakdown, we mistakenly said that this was a creatureless episode. However, Nate Olukoya's English Cocker Spaniel pup, Percy, was our... <laughs> creature of the Week. A retroactive Creature of the Week. Apologies go out to Percy and Nate and the whole pit community who we let down. You know what's fucking weird? I, like, I saw the dog. I took many pictures of the fucking dog because there's some funny ones with his lips flapping. Yeah. I knew the dog was in there. Somehow it just it went out of my fucking head because it wasn't part of a date or wasn't part of a B-roll. For both of us. Yeah. It didn't register as a creature. Yeah. Do you think it's an alien? Oh, yeah. We both picked up on that. Yeah. I think it's a reptilian. It is weird that we both missed it. <laughs> yeah, I know. I agree. It is totally weird that we both missed it. Something's going on here. We don't know. This is the attack on Gore. But before we begin this week in Bachelor Nation, we also have to talk about how to win The Bachelor. It is the book that the producers don't want you to read, clearly, because they punish anyone who has any kind of notes coming into the game. We're going to be talking about Ryan Fox a little later in today's episode as well, but our book is going to be out January 18th. It has everything in it about how you can actually get into the game and how you can win the game. It has statistical metrics for every possible situation you might find yourself in. It has statistical metrics for all past players. We break down who are the best players in certain kinds of categories, who has the best rose quotient all time, things of this nature. That's all in this book. If you're a fan of The Bachelor, and if you're listening to this, you probably are in one way or another. This book is going to take you deeper into that fandom and give you a greater understanding of our beloved game. And in celebration of its release, we are doing two separate contests. One is an individual contest. If you pre-order the book, take a copy of your receipt, go to howtowinthebachelor.com. You can upload your receipt and you'll be put into a drawing. In this drawing, we are going to be giving out 15 autographed copies of the book. We are going to be giving out five hour-long Zooms with Pace Case and myself. We are going to be giving out three t-shirts that are contraband t-shirts. They have imagery on them that uh, <laughs> for one reason or another, we could not put into the world, but you will have them. Three people will have these shirts. You'll get to see what that image is and you get to wear it with pride or maybe shame. However you like to, <laughs> to view that. Pajama shirt. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's your secret shirt. And then one lucky winner is going to get a very special prize. There is only one of these things in the world and you will have it in your possession if you are that winner. So hopefully you guys can all go pre-order and upload your receipts at howtowinthebachelor.com for this individual contest. Our second contest is a group contest. We have a goal of selling 10,000 books pre-sale. The importance of the pre-sale is that if all the books that we sell up until the 
book comes out and that first week all contribute to us being a New York Times bestseller. That is why we are trying to hit these numbers and order early and often. We are not quite at our goal of 10,000 books so far. We're at about 12%. But if we hit 25%, Clues is going to release his original song, Bottom of the Pit, which he sung one half line of in uh, our episode a couple days ago. If you want to get a little taste for what that'll be like. Do you want me to sing the second piece of that line? I don't think... Maybe once we get another percentage. Maybe at 13%. (laughs) Okay. You know? Sure. <laughs> yeah. okay. We gotta we gotta earn it. That's right. <laughs> At fifty percent of our goal, we will perform an IG live from the shadow of the mansion. Very exciting little field trip. And at 75%, Clues and I will compete against each other in a Huju competition, both leaping on to the same person whose identity will not be revealed yet. And uh, Clues has been loading an IFI saying he's probably going to get injured during it. I think trying to win some sympathy points, but we all will go into that voting with clear heads as the pit will vote on who won. And at 100% of our goal, there's a mystery prize, which you all are going to want to have happen. That's what I'll say about that. So help us reach our goal. You know, tell your... Tell your friends, tell your pets to order, pre-order, tell your companies, you know, this would be great for morale at my company if you got one for everyone. Yeah, have them put on a book club event. Oh, a book club. It'd be great for a book club. Have them buy 100 copies and do a book club event to build morale at your company. Stuff like that happens all the time. And just to let you know, we don't want to just get on the New York Times bestseller list to say we got on it. This is for a much larger goal, which is Pace Case and I have developed a reality dating show that we're trying to sell that we think would be bigger than The Bachelor because it's taken everything we know about The Bachelor and augmenting it with things that we know they're bad at. It's basically like taking the good shit from The Bachelor and mixing it with a bunch of our own shit to build what we think is the next version of reality dating shows. In order for us to be able to sell that show, we have to have some kind of momentum behind us like, oh, they're the New York Times bestselling authors of How to Win the Bachelor. No word. It kind of is. It's like a qualifier. Like, who the fuck are we? Why would anybody buy a show from us? Oh, we have a New York Times bestseller all about how to win one of these dating reality shows. That will help us. So that is our end goal. And we hope we can get there because we think the show that we can make would be something obviously everyone in the pit would fucking love. It's a show we would Mm -hmm. love. It's the show I want to fucking see that doesn't exist, that no one's fucking doing. So... We can't thank you enough for all the help that you're giving us, and hopefully we can reach these goals. Now that all that business is out of the way, let's begin this week in Bachelor Nation as we begin all weeks in Bachelor Nation. This week, we're going to be talking about Game Game of Roses. Roses. State of the Game. We have just begun the second Bachelorette season this year, immediately on the heels of BIP Season 7. We have never seen two seasons of The Bachelorette in one year before, although last year we did see two Bachelorettes in one season when Claire Crawley ended her season early due to Dale Moss and Tasha Adams was brought in to finish our season 16. All other sports adhere to a cycle that includes an off season, but this year our beloved game isn't giving us that luxury. We'll get into the ratings of Michelle Young's night one in our next segment, but we're curious to see if the fourth audience, us, might be burned out and might be taking a self-imposed break from this season. 
look, we know what the ratings are. And I'm I'm not going to tell you the specifics, but let's just say they're not good. Bad. Yeah. And I think that that's what's happening right now. Of course. <laughs> we feel it. Absolutely. And this is, this is our job. Yeah. I mean, we're going to watch it all to see the nuanced gameplay, the evolution of the game. But the casual viewer, the person who isn't in the pit, which is the the majority of the the bachelor viewing audience is not mm-hmm. in the pit i feel yeah we're we're trying to change that exactly but <laughs> the majority of the bachelor viewing audience is just casual viewers they like to tune in on monday nights they like to tune in on tuesday nights whatever they just came off of a relentless fucking pace of all of these seasons back to back to back to back to back to back to back and it's just like fuck it i got to do like christmas shopping and shit like i don't think people have the bandwidth to do another season. That's what it seems like to me anyway. I feel like the seasonal element of it makes it special. And so you're like waiting. It's like you're waiting for basketball season, I imagine. You're like, oh, yes, it's finally back. I don't think anyone feels that way about Michelle Young's premiere being like, oh, yes, finally a season of The Bachelorette. No, exactly. And like the marketing did a pretty good job with all different promos and stuff. Like it looked good, I thought. Mm -hmm. But it just... At least from the numbers we're seeing, which we'll get to in a moment, it seems like this ain't it. But there's a couple other topics that we want to bring up in terms of the contemporary state of the game as well. The next one is Clayton Eckerd. This is the first season that we've ever had where we know who The Bachelor is before he's officially announced and he's a player in the season we're watching. So as we're watching it, we know that all of his edits are going to be as good as they possibly can be. And we're still waiting for the show to acknowledge that he is indeed The Bachelor, a move we think would have actually helped viewership for Michelle Young's season had they announced it officially before that season started. And it seems that despite season 26 host and former season five Bachelor Jesse Palmer posting a picture of Eckerd to his own Instagram revealing that he is The Bachelor... This is the official host of Bachelor 26 saying this is The Bachelor. The show itself is still hesitant to reveal that he's The Bachelor. I don't fucking get this. Praise be DLP first and foremost. But <laughs> yes. I also, I can't get over the fact that they didn't announce it before. What is the point of picking him beforehand if not to get those additional viewers who are interested in the next Bachelor season? It makes no sense to me. I cannot agree with you more. There's no fucking benefit in this. Doing this weird thing where they're not going to announce it. Especially if their reasoning is like, well, we don't want to spoil the season. It's like, motherfuckers, you spoil everything. Your market, like <laughs> yeah. when you're putting out pictures of fucking Nate with the Fimpros in the big group photo, but the night of night one, it's like, come on, you're, you've spoiled everything. When you're putting out pictures of the men tell all with people who haven't even gone home yet. I mean, yeah, you've spoiled for much less. That's the only reason I can think of that they have not mentioned it yet is they're trying to like keep some drama about what he's going to do in the season. But it's like your host already said he's the fucking bachelor and posted a like it just they have no control over their marketing. They have no idea what they're doing. That's another piece of I think why these ratings are going down. It's like they don't know how to sell this shit anymore. They don't even know how to make this shit anymore. Let's be real. That's a vibe I'm feeling as well. Yeah, there is something that is feeling, and I don't know if it's because it's still sort of a bubble season. I don't know. But we watched, we went back and watched the finale of Becca Kufrin's season. We watched just the final row ceremony part of it when we were interviewing Baylock High a couple weeks ago. And oh my God, 
The show looked completely different. It was night and day. Yeah. It was gorgeous. It was beautiful. The drama was so real and visceral. It it just doesn't feel like the same show. I completely fucking agree with you. And I'm hopeful that Bachelor 26 is going to get back to that because they are going to have international travel. They are going to have the mansion. There are going to be very familiar looking visual motifs in Bachelor mm-hmm. 26 that are not in any of these seasons, including Michelle Young's. And it may be that too, like fatigue from us, the fourth audience, after just being battered over the head with like these enclosed at resort locations with like kind of shitty dates. Mm-hmm. That's what this vibe had. When you see her walk down the, that fucking big staircase into the lobby, you're just like, oh, it's just another fucking resort. And that's not great. Not what you want. No. <laughs> I loved your quote that was like, she looks like she's lost in the resort, a hotel guest. or something. <laughs> it does look like that. They all kind of look like that. But the next topic that we want to uh, cover in the contemporary state of the game is the no folder zone. BIP7 saw the introduction of the idea that players should not and cannot come into the game with a plan lest they be the target of punitive measures by the producers. And this season, that idea is highlighted once again in the very first episode. It seems that the producers are feeling the threat of professional players more and more, and they're looking for ways to include the reprimand of this playstyle in the document itself as much as possible as a warning to any other players who want to try it. We also saw in the promos that there will be some expected 4TWR accusations levied against various players. So what is going to happen once all the players are professional? Because right now we're seeing these little titterings of like, oh, this guy brings in his folders and we don't know if he's a real player or a producer plant. We're going to get to some of that in news, rest assured. But (laughs) nonetheless, at a certain point, everybody's going to come in with the folders in their mind, no folders in the suitcase, and it's just going to be airtight play. I do feel like that's still coming soon, in fact. It's just, I don't think you're going to be able to stop it. No, I agree. We're in this era now. Certain pieces of media are going to come out. You know, I feel like that might affect it. What pieces of media are you talking about specifically? Uh, a book you can find on <laughs> yeah. HowToWinTheBachelor.com. <laughs> exactly. Look, I know we talk about our book a lot, but I do think it is going to be revolutionary in terms of what happens in the game, the state of the game. I believe it'll change it pretty dramatically. And we're going to see the results of that after next January when it comes out. But the last thing that we wanted to talk about in terms of the state of the game is what we're calling the Canadian invasion. There's absolutely nothing wrong with Canadians playing in our beloved game. Let's just say that up front. We love our neighbors to the north. And it is starting to seem that they are dominating the Bachelorette. Blake Moynes, the boner smith from Beyond the Wall, won the ring on season 17 of The Bachelorette. And now it seems that Nate Olukoya, another Canadian, is poised to run away with this season after his perfect night one run. Are Canadians better at The Bachelorette than their American counterparts? Is it because they're more sincere, more for TRR? Why is this happening? I think Canadians are... Based on nothing, I think they're definitely more for TRR. They are. You're right. They are. <laughs> both, both animal lovers, notably. Mm. I wonder if you're just getting, you know, higher quality candidates perhaps from Canada due to the fact that it's a less tapped resource mm. than the would-be reality stars of the grand old US of A. You think they're not as interested in Instagram numbers and podcasts and shit? I think they don't have as many opportunities to become famous there. Interesting. 
there's so many reality shows that film in the U.S. Yeah, that's true. I don't know what it is, but it's something we're starting to notice. It is a, a piece of the state of the game now, but... There you have it. That's kind of where we feel the game is at right now as we're just starting a brand new season of Bachelorette, the second season this year, the last brutal slog through 2021 of all Bachelor content. But it's interesting. There's a lot of weird things happening that we've never seen before, and we don't know ultimately what the long-term effect is going to be, but we will be examining them as they all happen. So with that said, let's move on to the next segment of our show in this segment. We analyze the ratings of the show and we analyze the movements of all of the players of our beloved game on their Instagram accounts. This is This Week in Games. We are not going to sugarcoat this. The inaugural episode of Michelle Young's historic season 18 of The Bachelorette did not perform well. The Tuesday night offering pulled in a 0.79 in the 18 to 49 year old demo with 3.003 million raw viewers. This is a 20% drop from Katie Thurston's premiere, making it the lowest rated night one in the history of The Bachelorette. What's more, Michelle Young's night one only outperformed one episode from Thurston's season. That was the fourth episode. So every other episode of Katie Thurston's season did better than Michelle Young's night one, except that one episode. But despite this rocky start, Young did manage to win the demo for Tuesday night across all other networks. That's what always happens with Bachelor and Bachelorette. Mm-hmm. She narrowly edged out the voice on NBC, which pulled a 0. 0.6 to Young's 0. 0.7. And the voice did, however, crush the Bachelorette and Raw viewers with 6.51 million to 3 million for Young. We are starting to sound like a broken record at this point as we report dwindling ratings that still manage to win the demo every week. And we hope Young can pick up some numbers as her season progresses through the slow death of network television. But traditionally speaking, the first episode and the last episode of both Bachelor and Bachelorette are usually the highest rated episodes of any given season. So I don't know even what can happen here to pull these numbers up. I don't think they're going to go up. I think they're going to go down. I mean, maybe it'll pick up some numbers on streaming. (laughs) Maybe. The magical streaming numbers. <laughs> uh, uh-huh, yeah. Pull them out. Those got to help for something. Do some math, yes. I think the writing's on the wall. This is going to be the worst rated season in the history of Bachelorette. I don't think they're going to repeat this two-season-a-year Bachelorette thing again. See, though, here's the deal. It's still winning Tuesday nights, which means, comparatively speaking, they still charge the highest ad rates, especially ad rates that are for products that are aimed toward the audience of Bachelorette, which is women 18 to 49. But I think the burnout is real. Yeah. Like they don't want to decrease their overall audience. I don't think they give a fuck. I think ABC is like, we're still charging the highest ad rates. Pump it out. Give us two bachelors next year too. I don't think they care about burning out audience. I don't think that's even something they think about. Mm, Oh God. Let's hope that's not true. (laughs) As we uh, move on to the top five gains chart for the players of Bachelorette season 18, this is since 10 19 21, right before the episode premiered. The gold medal in gains goes to nothing but Nate, the sales executive from Winnipeg, Manitoba, Nate Alukoya. He gained 11.9K Instagram followers, bringing him to 28,000 total for his strong wall play, his parental divorce, PTC, his FIMP, 
and getting that all-important first kiss. And the gains chart is nothing but neat as no one else comes close to these numbers. Hey, oh, the distant second silver medal in gains goes to the real estate developer from Minneapolis, Joe Coleman. He gained 3,724 followers, bringing him to 7,755 total for his mysterious blandy, his rambling apology for ghosting the crown in their DMs and for his last flower. The bronze medal in gains goes to medical sales rep from Columbia, Missouri, cornhole enthusiast and RNX crown, Clayton Eckerd. He gained 3K, bringing him to 31.8K total for his It Takes Two Kringle, resulting in voluntary spanking play, his mom play, and his love of all things slow-paced. Fourth place goes to Brooklyn neuroscientist Pardeep Singh. He gained 2,638 followers this week, bringing him to 4,173 total for his dopamine standee and presumably for a strong pair of social play we will get to due to his lack of screen time. And fifth place in gains goes to Brian Witzman. He gained 1,267 followers this week, bringing him to 8,475 for his It Takes Two dancing dip, and swan song exit bump, despite not even saying a single word in the document. And honorable mention goes to... (laughs) Honorable mention goes to... Dot, 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 no one. Pace Case wrote this. You like that? These gains were abysmal. (laughs) Dishonorable mentions only. So looking at our top five chart as of today, Thursday, October 21st, 2021, coming in at number one, our next crown, Clayton Eckert at 31.8K. Number two is FIMP recipient Nate Olakoya, sitting pretty at 28K. Number three, the bleached flipper, Martin Gelbspan at 13.5K. And at number four is the colorful narrator, Will Urena at 11.5K. And rounding out the top five is night one guy, Brian Witzman at 8,475. Do you think we will see any of these guys crack a million? Clayton. During his season of Bachelor, though, or do you think during this season of Bachelorette? During his season of Bachelor. I mean, when are they going to announce it? <laughs> Fuck, exactly. It'll, I'm sure it'll be at like the Mentel All when he gets kicked off or something. Mm, yeah, it'll probably be when he leaves. These numbers are interesting. Nate Olakoya getting that big of a bump I don't know. We every year theorize, like, does that mean he wins? Like, why does he have so many fucking followers? Yeah, he won the FIMP. But like, is this indicative of some spoiler that's out there that we don't fucking know about? Because you also look at Clayton Eckerd. He has more followers than anybody because people know he's the bachelor and that has not yet been announced. Mm -hmm. I don't know. It's going to be a very interesting season to watch the Instagram uh, gains of all these players, given that the ratings are so low, because I still don't know that it quite correlates Mm-hmm. ratings are a different thing than like who's actually watching the show and certainly who's following it parasocially. I mean, truly, we saw Rachel Lindsay has not cracked a million, but Katie Thurston has. Yeah, exactly. And Rachel Lindsay's ratings, although they were talked about at the time as really bad, they crushed Thurston's. <laughs> They're like double her ratings. And that's just the nature of reality, of not reality TV, but TV in general, network TV, just fucking going on the tubes. At any rate, that was This Week in Gains. Now we're going to move on to discussing all those luscious tids. This is... Back 
Bachelor Nation news. Is there a shakeup in the official Bachelor Nation propaganda hierarchy? This week, Tia Booth <laughs> took over hosting duties on Clickbait alongside GSJ and Natasha Parker, while former Clickbait host Tasha Adams moved over to Bachelor Happy Hour alongside Becca Kufrin. Adams and Booth have both expressed that this new hosting setup will remain in effect through Michelle Young's season, and there is no word about if this formation will remain through any future seasons. Interesting. I feel like it's like clickbait is the B-League and then Bachelor Happy Hour, that's the majors or the NFL. Something like, I, I think they're both the majors. At this point, we saw the official Bachelor Nation podcast host receive excessively preferential treatment through the course of BIP season seven, everything from GSJ being given lead roles in four TRR narratives that didn't otherwise involve him to Natasha Parker being given a producer manufactured rose for the first time in history in order to keep her in the game. This model of using players to uphold the untrue company mandated narratives that take place each season is only gaining steam. And it seems that in Booth, Warner Brothers has found another willing participant. Congrats to Tia and to Tasha for company manning all the way to the bank. Cheers. Speaking of Tia Booth, our next item of Bachelor Nation news involves the purveyor of China pots herself. This week, Booth took to Instagram to reveal that after her second run on sand, she is in a relationship. Booth has found love with Taylor Mock, a Nashville native with 20.4K Instagram followers and 53 posts in his immaculately scrubbed grid. The announcement sparked immediate speculation in the fourth audience about when exactly this couple met and started dating, and is it possible that they were, in fact, a couple before Booth touched sand in BIP Season 7, which was mired in accusations of numerous players villainously coming into the experience with prior relationships. If Booth was engaged in some kind of relationship with Mock prior to Paradise, it would simply be one more piece of evidence that the company men and women of our beloved game are well protected by producers, even if they commit acts that other players are openly punished for. I don't know what the truth is about when she met this guy and when they were together and shit, but they seem like, I don't know if they're living together. I don't know what exactly is going on, but it looks a little <laughs> suspect. I'm just going to say that. And I'm not the only fucking person saying that. And there's a, there's something in the back of my head. Uh-huh. That is a memory that somebody sent me a fucking tid when she came to paradise of her and that guy kissing in an Instagram post, which I now cannot find as Ooh. like they were at least dating before paradise. I mean, I bet they've cleaned that up if it's true. That's what I'm saying. This guy has 53 fucking posts in his grid now. I mean, sus. Yeah. Everything disappeared. Look, we'll get to it in parasocial plays, but her boyfriend reveal video the body language says they've been dating more than a couple months. Exactly. That's all I'm saying. I think that's what we're looking at here. And I think now we're really seeing the producers just decide you're on a podcast. You can do whatever you want. It's it's basically like being a billionaire in the real world. The laws and rules of society don't really apply to you. Mm -hmm. And if you're not a made person, you get punished. Pure speculation, though. We are speculating. We don't know anything. All this is speculation. The news is that she announced they are together. Yes. Her and this guy, Taylor Mock, are a couple. They're happy. They're in love. We wish them well. The speculation part is they <laughs> might have been doing uh, an Alana Milne. Not even an Alana, Alana Milne and Chris Conner. I think they were like, in a yeah, like literally dating. She's like, I have to go do Paradise. I'm trying to be a Bachelor podcast host. And it worked out mm. in her favor. But I mean... 
It's a good plan. Speaking of open punishment, the man with the plan and the folders in which that plan was kept, Ryan Fox is in the news this week. After taking center stage in Michelle Young's night one for having brought a series of folders with typed out gameplay notes into the game, Fox denied watching more than two hours of the show, but the truth is now emerging. In 2020, Fox served the function of The Bachelor for an iteration of the Bachelor Live on Stage Tour hosted by season 20 Bachelor Ben Higgins. This is a live event where they bring an in quotes bachelor up on stage and they have him run through a kind of truncated version of a night one talking to different women for a live audience in a theater. He was the bachelor in this. Now we don't know how deep this super planners bachelor roots are, but certainly the implication of this information (laughs) is that he might've watched a few more hours than just two of the game prior to competing What's more, this almost certainly means that he's been on the casting producer's radar since at least 2020, making it ever more likely that he was indeed a producer plant who was instructed to use the folders to stir up drama. We may never know exactly how intimately Ryan was working with the producers, but we do certainly now know that he has been playing the game for far longer than just the night one we saw. Very intriguing. I agree. Extremely intriguing. The craziest part of it to me is that like nobody tried to scrub this shit the post that's coming out was from his instagram oh of him on bachelor live yeah it's him on a little stage Hmm. with some some of the players with their name tags on and ben higgins is there and the caption reads something like look what i got to do this crazy thing last night and it's from 2020 that's just in his fucking grid and so the producers like just the whole idea of this is now that like that's really the minor leagues if you can get into a Bachelor Live, you might wind up in the real fucking game. Mm-hmm. That as long as you're on their radar and kind of in the world of it, anything can fucking happen. Do you think we're going to start seeing that as a feeder more and more, an audition? No, because I don't even know if they do that anymore, the the Bachelor Live show. Oh. I don't think they do it. I think it was kind of not successful. But that was Ben Higgins' opportunity to see if he could be a host. And Jesse Palmer is the host of season 26. Need I say more? <laughs> <laughs> Our next piece of Bachelor Nation news takes place in the source. That's right, the Big D, Dallas, Texas. One of the two original professional players from Bachelor Season 24, Madison Pruitt, held a book launch party in Dallas this past weekend, and she wasn't the only player in attendance. Ivan Hall, Kelsey Weir, Kelly Flanagan, DeAndra Canoe, Victoria Fuller, Tammy Lai, Jesenia Cruz, Damar Jackson, and Alea Benavides all lent their parasocial power to the event. Pruitt's book, Made for This Moment, Standing Firm with Strength, Grace, and Courage, is currently available for purchase wherever you get your books and is, as of the time of this recording, number one on the Amazon Christian Personal Growth Chart. She is cashing in on her followers and her Christianity with this endeavor, and we wish her well with this next step in her post-game career. We are constantly talking about these crews popping up and that essentially The Bachelor is becoming, at least in the parasocial element, like after you get out of game, even if you're in it though sometimes, if you're still in like Bachelor Paradise and stuff, but it's becoming a team sport. You have to move to one of these fucking cities and pal around with the other Bachelor players and take your Instagram pictures and shit like that. And this right here, in my opinion, was one of the biggest events of the Dallas Source, that team. This is fucking crazy. 
all these people here. And Madison Pruitt has a book coming out, number one on the Christian charts. That's that hardcore Southern source Christian power. Source energy. It's beautiful to see this. I fucking loved it. I, I just, not all these people even live in Dallas. That's another thing that's like kind of about how this team scenario is starting to work. You don't necessarily have to live in the city to be a part of that team, or at least to play with that team. Many of these people flew in for this mm-hmm. event and there they are in it. And all the fucking little posts on every one of their things say Dallas, Texas. The location is like important in these things. I love it. I love that we are seeing these different crews pop up. It's fucking fantastic. I think it only makes sense that Madison Pruitt would be the head of the source team. Does she even live in the source though? I think she lives in LA. No, no. (laughs) That's how powerful the fucking LA crew is. They can claim other cities if they want. (laughs) (laughs) Do any of these people live there? I think Ivan lives, or I don't know if he lives in LA now or what, but Ivan is from there at the very least. I think Kelsey is Nashville. I don't know. Maybe the source doesn't have its own team, but it has power and they do know that and they like to absorb the power from it. And that's what (laughs) Pruitt did here. But congratulations to Pruitt on putting out a book. You know, we know all too well that ain't an easy thing to do. So we hope that it does well for her. And, you know, maybe it'll spawn a, a new book for her or some new adventures in her parasocial life. But speaking of post game careers, the male goat of Instagram, Tyler Cameron is in the news this week for an appearance he made on one of the most iconic network TV shows of all time, Saturday Night Live. Cameron had a brief cameo in a sketch about The Bachelor in an episode that was hosted by none other than one of the greatest overall Instagram players of all time, Kim Kardashian herself. This association with A-list fame is not new to Cameron. He briefly dated supermodel Gigi Hadid immediately after his time in Bachelor at season 15 came to a close. While this isn't quite the super A-list fame we've predicted for an eventual player, it is a major step in the right direction. He is, to my knowledge, the first Bachelor person we have ever seen on Saturday Night Live, a show that's been on the air since 1975, I believe. This is really the first time that we've seen them kind of embrace it. In these Bachelor sketches, it's usually just openly shitting on The Bachelor in a way that's like, The Bachelor's beneath us. Mm -hmm. This was the first time they actually were kind of embracing the idea of it by having him be there, I think, you know? And that whole episode was interesting because it was Kim Kardashian in her opening monologue. She was like, oh, I like coming here. It's like a more intimate setting where only 10 million people watch the show. I have 350 million that watch all of my videos. And you get this idea that it's like... That's hilarious. Yeah, social media is all that matters. Like Saturday Night Live is a quaint thing of the past. And I think like that episode specifically had a little tone to it that was like they were kind of acknowledging it. Prior to that, I think Saturday Night Live has always been like, we are the kings of comedy. Everything we do is smart and funny and everything else is bullshit. And this was the, when Tyler Cameron showed up and they didn't make him the butt of the joke, he was just like a dude and a series of celebrities. I was like, that's pretty interesting. It is. We've wondered when a Bachelor player is going to be an A-list celebrity and Tyler Cameron is as close as we've gotten. Speaking of burgeoning comedy careers, our final piece of Bachelor Nation news involves the season 17 crown herself, Katie Thurston, the dildo-wielding, vague-tattling, multi-hoojooing member of the Million Club, announced that she will be performing her first-ever stand-up comedy set today on Friday, October 22nd. 
Thurston will be opening for new pal Whitney Cummings, who had Thurston on her podcast recently. Should there be any pit members in Anaheim, California, the event will be held at City National Grove. We wish Thurston luck in her first appearance as a stand-up comedian and applaud her stepping out into this new area of content creation. Fantastic for Katie Thurston. I hope she does well. I know that's a nerve-wracking experience, but I think she's going to be great. We wish her luck. Who knows? Maybe she'll have a stand-up special on a streaming service (laughs) by this time next year. Wouldn't that be fucking crazy? Oh, my God. I mean, I could see like more people coming to see Katie Thurston than Whitney Cummings in that scenario. It is Anaheim. But that rounds out all of our Bachelor Nation news. Now we're going to move on to that segment where we take a look at what all of our favorite players were doing off the field and in the primary world, the digital world, the world where we now all live. Support for today's episode comes from One Skin. If you have sensitive skin, you're going to want to hear about One Skin's scientifically proven topical supplements. This is face, eye, body, shield, and it can all be used with any of their other products, which are free from over 1,500 chemicals and preservatives that can make skin red, irritated, or itchy. Their products are safe for sensitive skin. It's just one of the reasons they've earned the Skin Safe seal of approval. You got to keep that skin glowing if you want to be keeping up the level of face play that I've got going on. And OneSkin was founded by an all-woman team of scientists. Their products are backed by extensive lab and clinical data to validate their efficacy and safety on all skin types. Uh, Their topical supplements are the easiest way to keep your skin healthy and hydrated without the harsh ingredients or irritation found in other skincare products often. OneSkin is the world's first skin longevity company. By focusing on the cellular aspects of aging, One Skin keeps your skin looking and acting younger for longer. Get started today with 15% off using code ROSES at oneskin.co. That's 15% off oneskin.co with code ROSES. After you purchase, they'll ask you where you heard about them. Please support Gore and tell them that we sent you. Have you ever experienced a dry, itchy scalp or ever wondered why your color isn't lasting as long as your hairdresser promised? Well, unfiltered, mineral-filled water could be the reason why. Did you know hard water is a leading cause of damaged hair and dry, irritated skin? And that about 85% of the United States uses hard water filled with dissolved minerals and added chlorine. That's where Canopy's new filtered showerhead comes in. Known for their beauty hacks and reimagined humidifier, Canopy is dermatologist-recommended This unique three-stage filtration system greatly reduces contaminants and odors in your shower water. Best of all, the Canopy filtered showerhead is hassle-free, installation's a breeze, and its unique quick-release filter replacement feature allows for seamless filter replacement. Go to Canopy.co to save $25 on your Canopy filtered showerhead purchase today with Canopy's hassle-free filter subscription. Even better, Gore listeners can use our code ROSES at checkout to save an additional 10% off your Canopy purchase. Hurry, your hair and skin will thank you. Clues. Underwear drawers, they're not organized. They're like the the Wild West, the final frontier of wardrobes. Mm. And there's no rhyme or reason to them. You got... Ones that are super old, uh, different brands, etc. You don't know what to expect. But now I have felt 
the buttery soft comfort of me undies. And now I want to replace the whole drawer with me undies because those are my now go to. I'm currently wearing their long sleeve shirt and <laughs> my, um, <laughs> which is not what this uh, ad is about, but I am also wearing the super soft, sustainable modal fabric thong with no roll black waistband you want that you don't want it to be rolling you don't want it to be showing and i'm hooked i don't want to wear anything else it's all got to go now well this ad actually is kind of about that pace case everybody knows me undies <laughs> makes great underwear it's in the name me undies but it's not just about underwear you can explore the lounge collection featuring comfy joggers hoodies onesies and a whole bunch more and their move me activewear collection is the softest activewear on the market there's no doubt about it right now you can get 20% off your first order plus free shipping at meundies.com slash roses. That's meundies.com slash roses for 20% off plus free shipping. Me Undies, comfort from the outside in. This is the parasocial play, 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 play of the week. There was, as it always is now, a stunning avalanche of parasocial play coming from every direction of the nation. Abigail Herringer immediately posted a reel of her and Noah together and in love after their producer-orchestrated breakup aired. Marissa Gunn posted a reel on Instagram of herself and Riley on the first Sunday morning together since the BIP finale aired with Maroon 5's Sunday morning playing in the background. Connor Saley responded to Zachary Reality's TikTok about the lengths producers go to manipulate players and confirmed they contacted two of his ex-girlfriends from high school. <laughs> Michael Alio joined TikTok and joins forces with Mikey Planeta, who is also new to TikTok. Here's to making the most awkward TikTok of all time. Hashtag Mike and Mike. That Video on TikTok currently has 70.4 thousand views. And Connor the Catman B made a TikTok about dating after being on The Bachelorette and BIP, where he likens it to not having such a great time. It has over 785,000 views. We got a couple strong parasocial plays out of the gate for the rookies of season 18 of The Bachelorette. Pardeep Singh posted an Instagram story, which was white text over a pink background reading officially the first Indian American to ever get a rose on The Bachelorette. This made the rounds on the forums and got him on the top five gains chart. Night one guy, villain who forgot to use mind folders, Ryan Fox, posted a video to his Instagram making fun of the folder situation. In it, he sips coffee while his water bottle reads Evil Master Plan as he opens up and reads his infamous red folder from the show. Caption reads, some morning light reading, nerd face emoji, rose emoji, laughing, crying emoji, hashtag bachelor, hashtag bachelor nation, hashtag notes boy. This video has 51.4K views, 1.7K likes, and 211 comments. And nobody seems to give a fuck. I guess because he got weeded out very early, it wasn't like a prolonged thing. But this is a joke, I think, to most people. He's not losing followers as a result of it. He's Maybe he's getting death threats. I don't know, but I doubt it. I think people thought this was funny. Yeah. I think he got like a modest Instagram. I mean, nobody got huge gains, but yeah, he got more than all the other night one guys. Well, except for Brian. Yeah. And in a related parasocial play, 
Jason Tardick makes our list this week. He posted an Instagram reel in response to the Ryan Fox controversy, which included his name on part of the folder dossier in a section where Fox was outlining other players that he should try to act like over the course of the show. Hero players, essentially. (laughs) I don't want to say this is literally in our book, but it is. Tardick comes out of the limo (laughs) on his season, and then he shows a shot of Ryan Fox, also in a blue suit, coming out of limo with the caption, who wore it better? Brilliant. We talked about this in Bachelor Nation News, but Tia Booth posted a boyfriend reveal video on TikTok, a compilation of short videos of the pair set to the song Botsy's Paradise. The video has 844,000 views, 78.5K likes, and 734 comments. And she gained over 35K followers after the reveal. These were all strong parasocial plays, but there can be only one winner. And our parasocial play of the week goes to Tyler Cameron for his cameo on Saturday Night Live with host Kim Kardashian. We talked about this up top. In the skit, Kim Kardashian plays the role of the bachelorette and doles out roses, which are actually in the sketch tokens. She gives out the last token, representing the last flower, and then the DOH stand-in delivers a Tamsig-esque line in which he says, Zeke, say your goodbyes and walk into the pit. That was the opening quote, of course, of this episode of This Week in Bachelor Nation. The character Zeke (laughs) then walks out the door into a pit of fucking fire. We are thrilled with the apparent glorification of SNL. And I would like to add that this may not seem like a parasocial play because it was a scripted show on television, but (laughs) Saturday Night Live is nothing but parasocial play now. These are all just videos that we watch on TikTok. Nobody's watching it as it airs. You're just looking for the Tyler Cameron sketch or the whatever sketch. There was a good uh, sketch Mm -hmm. this past week of Squid Game where it was a country song with Pete Davidson and I forget who else was in it. They're singing a country song about how they're broke. And so they got to play the Squid Game. Fucking hilarious. Hmm. Expertly directed by Mike Diva. If you don't know his work, check it out. You can Google him and find him on YouTube. But to me, this is still parasocial play because you go on Saturday Night Live and you do this little cameo knowing that it's going to blow up on social media. And of course, the glorification of SNL had to win. We didn't have a choice in this matter. Yes. I mean, I think anything Kim Kardashian does is a parasocial play. I think she just lives in the internet. Hot take. Yeah. I mean, she certainly (laughs) does very well for herself on the internet. Speaking of people doing well for themselves on the internet, we also have some parasocial creatures this week. Katie Thurston posted a very cute main grid post surrounding herself with little kittens. And this might have been our parasocial creature of the week had her ring winner, Blake Moines, not showed her up. Moines was seen posing with two rhinos named Najin and Fatu on his main grid This shit was astounding. We know he goes to Africa. We know he does conservation work. We know that he's working with animals over there, creatures. And this was like a safari brought right to us. Beautiful work, Blake Moines. He's consistently turning out strong parasocial creature work. Can't wait to see what he does next week. I mean, it's hard to be a rhino creature. Don't see that every day. No, I don't think we've ever seen a rhino in the game proper. Time will tell. But that rounds out all the parasocial plays this week. We hope you have enjoyed them. And now it is time for Pace Case and I to do that thing that we do every week where we cut our ropes and fall to the bottom of the pit and thrash around in the dark waters that are now our home. 
I don't thrash. I frolic. Oh, shit. I thrash. I try to get out of it. I drown <laughs> in it. I am just fucking submerged constantly. This is... Screams from the Pit! My scream this week is that there's a little holiday coming up called Halloween. And it is one of my favorite holidays. As you know, I love tots. I'm totting every week on our Patreon lives. Yep. But this is a holiday in which other people join me in the totting. And I got my Halloween costume already this year. It is not Bachelor related. What? But. <laughs> yes. <laughs> but. <laughs> As you know, my mind is deep in the pit, frolicking around with whimsy down here. And once I got this costume, I could not help but immediately start brainstorming what my limo exit could be with it on and how I could accomplish my ultimate limo exit goal, which is using, well, seven of the eight limo exit types. It wouldn't be a blandy if it included another type. Hmm. And I was like, I've started brainstorming this. I think I'll probably share some of this on our live uh, when I reveal the costume. But I was like, I can't just have this, you know, this one thing. It has to be Bachelor related. Every single thing in my mind relates to The Bachelor. Mm -hmm. How are you feeling about that? (laughs) Okay, Shoya. I feel not great clues. Yeah. I would like to have some interests that are that are separate, but I can't have nice things. No, it's hard to have interests that are separate because we do this 24 hours a day. It's it's difficult yes. to see anything else and how it relates to anything else that isn't this because it's become our lives. My screen from the pit is similar this week. I have begun emerging into the outside once again, as we all are now that the COVID numbers are down, everybody's getting vaccinated, things are opening back up. You do look tan. Do I really? No. (laughs) I was about to say, I don't go outside during the day. I still keep it tonight strictly. I'm not (laughs) trying to get poisoned by the sun. But I had a friend this past weekend who had a birthday. I welcomed him to the last half of his life, which I am now also in the last half of mine. And, uh, he had a birthday party mm-hmm. at a place here in LA called Moe's House of Axe, I believe. This is a place where you can go and get dinner and drinks and all this kind of shit. And you also do axe throwing. So they've got these little stalls set up basically for whoever wants to do it. Oh. And they have people train you on how to throw the fucking axes. And there's big targets on the wall and you're throwing these axes. So we go into this thing. Mm-hmm. All I'm thinking about is... That's such a Bachelor hometown date, by the way. It's Hannah Sluss and and Peter Weber. That's all I'm thinking about. I step up to throw the fucking axe, and I remember them doing it, and I'm like, I wonder if I'll be good at this. Turns out I'm a fucking natural. I was the ringer for our team. Oh, nice. Missed only a couple of shots. Once I got the hang of it, it was like I could put it wherever the fuck I wanted. I was brilliant at it. But the whole time, Mm -hmm. all I'm thinking is, fuck, I wish I would have gotten a hometown date where I had to throw the fucking axes because I would have dominated it. That's what's going through my head. I'm comparing myself to other people who have done it in our beloved game. 
Oh, God. That's bad. This isn't even the end of the scream. This is just the beginning of the scream. Oh, my God. Multi-level scream. So somebody asked me, the people that are on my team in the sax throwing thing, many of them work in the video game industry. They're 30-something dudes, video game programmers mainly, you know. None of them watch The Bachelor. And one of them's like, oh, you're really good at this, man. You know, how, how are you getting so good or whatever? And I'm like, well... I have studied it a little bit because this is a common hometown date in The Bachelor. I can't help myself. I just go right into it. And I'm not shitting you. Uh-huh. I pull out my fucking phone. Had to. I'm showing this dude my memes. Another dude comes over. He's like, oh, what is that? Looks like the devil. I'm like, that's Chris Harrison, the host of The Bachelor. And I just start immediately going into the pitch of why I watch The Bachelor and how it's a sport, the four audiences, the love levels, like all these fucking things. And I drag two fucking people straight into the pit who didn't ask for it, who didn't fucking deserve it. They both followed my account and they're like, and I told them, Michelle Young season starting, you should check it out. It'll give you a good idea for what the game's about. Yeah, we're definitely going to watch. This is crazy. I've never thought about it like that. The party ends. I go home that night and I have a brief moment as I'm getting into bed where I feel shame at what I've done, that I might've just ruined these two people's lives. (laughs) And it all started by throwing a fucking ax. If it makes you feel better, you probably didn't ruin their lives. Fuck. I'll probably never know. I'll probably never see these people again. Seems unlikely. But it was the axe throwing that started it out for me where like that was my entryway into The Bachelor. I'm like, I'm going to go out for my friend's birthday. I'm not going to talk about the fucking Bachelor. This is going to be great. I'm just going to chill. Say happy birthday to him. Meet some people. Say hi. As soon as I touch the axe, I'm like, I wish Hannah Sluss was here to see this. (laughs) I stick it in the fucking target, you know. And it just, it ignites. She would have been very impressed. She had set that up as a as a thing to overcome to impress her father. It was a be a man date. You know, fun fact about axe throwing, in the intros during this Michelle Young premiere, there is a shot of Clayton. He's talking about how important family is to him. And he shows his family. They are all posing in front of a completed axe thing. You can see like the target and the axe is behind him. Yes, it's a thing. It's in The Bachelor and I got to compete in this subsport. I felt very honored. Anyway, those are our screams. And now we are <laughs> going to play a scream from a pit dweller. If you are on our Patreon, you can get into our Discord. And if you're in that Discord, you can submit your screams. They have to be a minute or under. And we play some of the funniest ones here in the pit with ourselves because we know at this point, we are not the only two people screaming. There are many other people (laughs) screaming (laughs) from the bottom of the pit. So this scream comes to us from a pit dweller named Kellen, and we're going to play it for you now. Hi, pit. This is my scream. I was hanging out recently with my boyfriend and his roommate, and we were talking about some stuff that the roommate had been going through in their love life and... My boyfriend was talking about our relationship and he mentioned that he actually told me that he loved me just two weeks into us dating. And because you're in the pit like me, I know what you're thinking. Yes, my boyfriend was moving at Bachelor in Paradise speeds. Um, And because I'm in the pit, the way that I responded to this was saying to my boyfriend, yeah, you love level forward me way too early in the game. Instantly, I realized that nobody would have any fucking clue what I was talking about. However, Instead of this being an error, like it would be for, you know, a normal player, I took it as an opportunity to introduce two new people, both my boyfriend and his roommate, to the pit, a place that I am now actively working to drag them both. Congratulations, Kellen. I am 
happy that you're able to extract a love level for at basically first sight. That's very powerful. That's unreal. Her gameplay must be off the fucking charts. How did that happen? What did you do? Your first audience fucking game must be through the roof. I can't even imagine this. Yeah. I need more information about this screen. <laughs> Two weeks. I take years to get a love level for it. It's horrible. You savor it. You savor each love level raise at like four months. I try to, yeah, I try to get set up certain scenarios to try to trick them, you know. <laughs> My friend actually did bring her boyfriend to a psychic. They hadn't love level forward. And the psychic said, you guys haven't love level forward yet. And that led into a conversation later later that night where they did. Because they felt obligated. And I was like, people should pay that psychic. Did she use the term love level four? No. (laughs) That's too bad. That's not a good psychic. You need to see a different psychic. (sighs) That's not a good psychic. But this is a fantastic scream and the fact that you were able to drag some others into the pit with you. (laughs) I feel like that's very similar to the one that I just elicited where I feel like I've ruined some people's lives. Yeah. But I'll never see these people again. Mirror scream. You are probably going to be seeing these people again that you've dragged into the pit, Kellen. So I hope those relationships go well, especially with your boyfriend who just loved Level Forge you. Yeah. And you know, it's okay if it's a deal breaker for you if they won't get in the pit. Is it? It's 2021. Anything can be your deal breaker. (laughs) (laughs) but before there were like strict rules against what could be deal breakers yeah now you gotta yeah boundaries we have boundaries now we we don't compromise our our core values sure fuck it man but that rounds out this week in bachelor nation thank you everyone for joining us those are our screams we hope that you enjoyed all of our news all of our tids And again, we can't thank everybody enough who has already pre-ordered the book. And we hope that everybody else will get a chance to do that very soon. Yes, thank you. We're looking very forward to it coming out. And we're in the final phases of it, the final stretches. We turn in our, what is really our final edit of it today. That goes back to the publisher and it's done. It's locked in. That's the book. And then it's just all about printing it and getting it out there by January 18th. And so we're very excited that this journey that started, I don't even know when, when we did the hyper binge, but I, for me, the book, the project of the book started at the hyper binge and ends tomorrow or ends today when we turn in our thing. I think it started when we were pre babies. You think we were destined for this? It's always been in us. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Technically speaking, you're hundred percent correct. If we really get into particle physics, but we won't bore you. Thank you. But again, thanks everybody. And we will see you next week for our coverage of episode two of Michelle Young's season. And we're going to see what those ratings are going to be as well. Very curious. But before we go, as always, what is that drawback? It has been 7,151 days without an Asian bachelor. Praise be our beloved game. Please rate this podcast. Please review this podcast. Please get a friend to listen to us and then please rate this podcast. Please review this podcast. Please get a friend to listen to us and then please rate this podcast. Please review this podcast. Please get a friend to listen to us and then
Have you ever experienced a dry, itchy scalp or ever wondered why your color isn't lasting as long as your hairdresser promised? Well, unfiltered, mineral-filled water could be the reason why. Did you know hard water is a leading cause of damaged hair and dry, irritated skin? And that about 85% of the United States uses hard water filled with dissolved minerals and added chlorine. That's where Canopy's new filtered showerhead comes in. Known for their beauty hacks and reimagined humidifier, Canopy is dermatologist recommended. This unique three-stage filtration system greatly reduces contaminants and odors in your shower water. Best of all, the Canopy filtered showerhead is hassle-free, installation's a breeze, and its unique quick-release filter replacement feature allows for seamless filter replacement. Go to canopy.co to save $25 on your Canopy filtered showerhead purchase today with Canopy's hassle-free filter subscription. Even better, Gore listeners can use our code ROSES at checkout to save an additional 10% off your Canopy purchase. Hurry, your hair and skin will thank you. Hold up, what was that? Boring, no flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. 